Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Your church's website and how effective is it? That's the topic of today's ReChurch. This is Marshall Fant. Glad to have you back with GFA's podcast, ReChurch. Have a Another good friend, because everybody I interview, I get to be friends with. But I've known our, our 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 guest today for a long time, Chris Pennington. Welcome to Research. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, Chris, tell everybody um, about where your family, uh, where you live. I've I've been in the church where you serve, and it's an exciting part. So, uh, give our listeners a little um, background on the Penningtons. Well, uh, we've uh, been in northeastern Utah for about uh, six years. I think in about three weeks, it'll be six years. And wow. uh, we moved out here to help a small church up in a little mountain community. And uh, so it's my wife, Megan, and me. And then we've got three little ones, uh, six, four, and two. Wow. And uh, so it's an exciting time of, of life with all of those. We have a dog. And as of about eight weeks ago, we now have six kittens and a cat. So wow. I'm not sure what we're doing wrong, but we've got lots of things running around our home. You so we're, got, enjoy, we're enjoying life right now. Well, and again, uh, your pastor has been on our podcast before. So tell everyone who your pastor is. Yes. Uh, the, the senior pastor at our church is Greg Baker. Yeah. And I think he came on with the Siegel Lily Foundation, which is a, an organization that we've created to help train born-again Christians how to witness to LDS. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so let's Saints. stop there because I wanted to reintroduce that. So it's a, uh, okay. it's a, I've been in your church. I've been up at, uh, there's a camp right at the end of, or beginning of Pastor Baker's road, a Pioneer Bible camp. I've been there. My wife and I've been there. And again, you're in Eden, Utah, right? Isn't that right, Eden? That's correct. And that's, yes, uh, what, hour, a little over an hour from Salt Lake to give people an idea? It is. It's about an hour and 15 minutes or so north. Yeah. So there's a mountain range that runs on the east side of the, the state. You just go up that and hop the mountain, and that's where we're at. Yeah, beautiful location. Never been there in the winter. Don't know if I want to come in the winter. But uh, <laughs> I, I really, beautiful. yeah, it is. And I, you know, again, I've been, uh, I've been in your church, and I just appreciate. All right. So tell us about the, the uh, app that y'all have developed before we get into our podcast, tell us just quickly about the app you all have developed to help born again believers reach, uh, LDS, uh, Mormons. What, tell us about that quickly. Yes. So, um, the LDS church is constantly morphing and changing. And part of that is due to their theology where they can get continued revelation. And so we found the need to create some resources that had the ability to adapt with them. Okay. And that, was easiest done with electronic resources. So we mm. created several video courses uh, talking through how to witness to LDS people and those we d- adapt and change as LDS people do. And then right. we also have a blog with that as well. And all of that is at the Seagull Lily Foundation.org. All right, spell that for everybody. Seagull Lily, that's S E G O L I L Y Foundation.org. Good. And we'll put that in the show notes. Okay, so everybody will have that. All right. So again, thanks for that. I'm really, um, and again, I, I love, I love y'all's burden. It's just wonderful to see a, a thriving, healthy Bible believing church, uh, right there in Eden, Utah. Okay. Now to today's topic for this is for anybody, any church around the world. All right. So, um, 
website. All right. It's, Chris, it's been over three years since we did a podcast on websites. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. it, it, those podcasts were dealing really. So what are the key components? Okay. So that was more or less how to build it. Okay. Now, what I want to focus on with you, and I think it's kind of your gift set, how to optimize the website. Okay. So mm-hmm. how, how would you say, you know, what is the best way um, to concentrate on a target market? And what I mean by that is, you know, everybody, and, and you said it as we talked a minute ago, uh, isn't it your belief, I think it's mine, that most everybody that is going to visit your church is going to go to your website first, right? I mean, that's standard. That's typical. Yes, sir. All right. That's what we've seen. All right. So with that being the case, and it never shuts down, I mean, your website is there 24-7, yeah. all community, everyone in the community has an access to it. All right. So, Chris, to start a conversation with pastors, so this would be for pastors, deacons, the person running somebody's church's website or somebody trying to help a church with their website. So let's just have a conversation about the efficiency and how to make sure it's reaching your community the best it can. Well, I I think one of the important things is to recognize that it really is a tool that God will use. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like all the things God uses in our ministry, I think it is an important thing to to bathe in prayer, Um, not just to, the actual technical work of right. building up a site, but even thinking through it, it's easy to go astray. And uh, so I, I think it, maybe that's an easy one to skip over, but I do think it's important to, to start that whole conversation of how we're going to use our online presence effectively with prayer and then continue with prayer through that and end and, and with prayer as well. So that's, I guess, a first thought that's real easy to jump right over. Um, but I oh, think it is important. because, you know, if, if you and I were going out to visit somebody, in our community, you and I would have prayer together before we went, right? Well, this website's right. visiting people all the time. You know, <laughs> and is. I really never thought about what you just said. That That is great. So start it with prayer. Okay, go ahead. So, Well, and you think about, uh, you know, like Daniel getting favor and, you know, the eyes of the rulers, you know, that kind of favor is really what we're looking for, that people would see the site and have a favorable experience. And so it, it is something that's important that way. But I think probably the next thing is just be to prepare. I think the easiest thing that um, because we want to get the site done or we want to get the project done with is just to jump right in. Right. But a little bit of preparation can really go a long way. And especially when it comes to identifying a target audience, uh, which you had mentioned a, a moment ago, right. really taking the time to, to thoughtfully plan that out is, is crucial. All right. uh, so what do you mean typically by have two, two groups. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you'll typically have two groups, two All categories. Right. You have believers and unbelievers. And in a sense, your site has to appeal to both. Um, and those believers and unbelievers could be broken down into people who attend your church and don't attend your church on the believer side. And, you know, for unbelievers, you would think most of them are not going to be attending your church. Um, but there's a whole group within that, whether they're curious or they go to another church, whether they're atheistic, uh, whether they're struggling in that moment, they're, they're facing hardship. So, uh, but generally speaking, taking some time just to think through both of those categories and then playing some things out. I'm happy to give illustrations of what that might look like. But yeah, so, starting with those two markets is helpful. Yeah, all right. So let's first start with with uh, believers because I want to kind of get that out of the way. Uh, not yes. that it's not important, but I think sure. some people in a church believe the website is really created for them. All right. And, mm-hmm. and so would you comment on that? Because, you know, my, everything I've read is kind of like the – 
you can do your own communicating within your church in a different way than you, know, you can go through the website, but that's not that's not the main purpose of the website. Would you agree with that? Well, how would you respond that the website's really not for internal church people? I think one of the ways to answer that is to ask who's going to the site. And uh, most church people don't go to their own site a lot unless they're going to some kind of user portal. Right. Um, so I, I think letting your audience who's actually coming to your site be the, the one to determine how you weight that. Okay. If all your people go to your site every single day, um, then maybe you can tailor a little bit more to your people. But most churches, I think the people rarely, if ever go to the site. And so that, that kind of answers the question for you. Maybe you could have a, a member portal sure. yeah. and that point, obviously that would be for your members. Uh, but generally speaking, because the, the audience is going to be unbelievers, that's usually where it's best to tailor it to. Yeah, and you remember Portal's going to be a small part of it if you do it, right, from what I've seen in most churches. Correct. Yeah, all right. So Correct. now let's go to believers because you know, then we'll focus on unbelievers. So how do you uh, explain what you meant there? Of course, there either could be attenders or not attenders or just looking for a church. So, mm-hmm. Chris, just pick that up and run with it. So uh, using your church website for other believers. Well, uh, you know, this would be primarily people who are uh, maybe new to the area, who are genuine Christians and looking for a good church. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of the target audience I would be thinking about. Uh, Maybe it's people who are dissatisfied with their, you know, their current experience. Obviously, you need to be careful there and, you know, have communications with the other churches, depending on how all that plays out. But that's kind of a separate topic. So I think the, the biggest thing is that what your online presence looks like, and this will go for all audiences, it needs to reflect what your actual experience is like when they show up at the building. Um, sometimes it's easy to want to be extra flashy on your site, but it's really, you know, that, that doesn't portray the gospel well when there's a kind of a, a right. two-sided coin. They see one thing and then they show up and it looks and feels very, very different. So whatever right. you can do uh, between pictures and yeah. kind of the things you cover that you right. say, here's a Christian who would want to know our doctrinal statement. They want to have a very clear understanding of who our leaders are and what our structure is. And, you know, those kinds of things make those easy to navigate to, uh, make them apparent. And then lots of pictures of people actually at your church, maybe even pictures during a worship service to give people a very clear understanding of here's what a service would feel like and look like so that when they show up, there's compatibility between what they've seen online and now what they see uh, in the service. Yeah. So just a fair representation of who the church really is, is that is that a good way mm-hmm. to say it? Yeah, because, I mean, you could Correct. always put a stock photo with some other building that looks great, and they walk up, and they're looking for this, <laughs> and, and that's just not who you are. Okay, so all right. All right, let's, let me ask a question now. With people there at the church, just uh, actual pictures, uh, is there, do you have, should I get their permission to use those pictures? Do I, I mean, I mean how, or if there are children in the picture, what do you do with that, Chris? So usually what we've done is we've communicated, hey, we're going to take some pictures these days. If you have concerns about being in the photos, please let us know, and we'll make sure that you're not in those photos. And what we try to do is just get one or two faces kind of in focus and everything else, uh, what's called a bokeh, or that blur in the background um, there. So that way, um, you know, it's just one or two people in like the the header image of the site uh, or that page. With children, we do have people sign like our waiver form yeah. uh, to make okay. sure it's okay to use you know those pictures. But most of the time, if people are faithful to your church and regular attenders and you explain the reason, uh, you want people to say, hey, these are real people who really attend there. This is what it would be like. 
Yeah. Most people we found are okay with it as long as they have the heads up that yeah. this Sunday we're going to be doing that. Yeah, and you tell them ahead of time, this is the Sunday we're going to be filming or taking pictures Correct. or videography, whatever word. Filming is obviously uh, my age terminology, not your age. So, you know, <laughs> what, uh, so you tell them in advance so they know what's coming. And then you 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 cater that service to try to present a fair image of what the church normally does. Is that what I heard you say? That's right. So yeah. you'd want it to look very similar. So with that, when somebody shows up, they they recognize what they've seen online, and it feels the same way. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't feel like false advertising or some kind of bait and switch. Sure. Okay. Uh, so uh, people move into town. They get the idea. Um, you got other believers who may be trying to figure out the doctrine or they're dissatisfied with where they are. God may be moving them on to, you know, a more biblical sound church. I'll take the positive on that. So, all right. So with that in mind, okay, do you recommend, uh, you said pictures, do you recommend posting a video of, of the service on the page? Uh, so they get an idea of what people are wearing and what their the typical service would be like, what the preaching would be like. So as you're targeting the market, okay. So Chris, uh, what do you? How do you? What would you say to that? Well, this is one area where a live stream can really do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Uh, okay. um, most churches today will live stream, mm-hmm. and if you do some kind of live streaming. That gives people a really authentic view of what it actually looks like because it, they're seeing it week by week. And sure. uh, uh, at some point, if they're watching it, which usually has happened here, people will watch mm-hmm. a couple times, especially if they're a little hesitant. Perhaps they're not super religious or they're trying to figure yeah. out what to do next religiously. Um, they'll usually watch it multiple times, and that really can do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Mm. But a nice video with just a brief message from the pastor okay. and maybe some B-roll footage, which is just, you know, kind of imagery of people walking around the church or things right. like that in the background while he's talking, that can be really helpful uh, to give people a clear sense. But uh, a lot of times I find that live stream service okay. does a lot of good for you. And it, it doesn't take a lot of setup other than just getting a camera and, and streaming uh, week by week. Yeah. Thanks for that. That's very wise. Okay. Anything else on, on again, as you are targeting your website and I'm not using a marketing term, I'm just trying to say, Whatever word you want to use. So if anybody's offended by that name, that's the only name I really know. But if you're targeting uh, other believers, any other comments on that before we shift to make sure your website addresses the the uh, unbelievers? I think I would just say that um, one of the things that's really easy to not think about because it's obvious for you is kind of all the basic details. Um, and this might be a good transition point between the two because you'd want unbelievers to know this as well. But I've been to plenty of sites where I've looked around and I couldn't find their, you know, we were visiting a few months ago to another area and I was trying to go to a church and I couldn't find their, their service times anywhere. I couldn't find their address anywhere. And I had to click through a bunch of menus to finally find it. So just taking some, uh, you know, even basic time to say, make sure our basic contact info is above the fold to use a, you know, a paper term, but you know, the very first thing they see it's up top. Uh, your service right, time right, the same way. You're, you're using a term here. I understand. Above the fold. Explain that. <laughs> That's right. A newspaper. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so when the foot newspapers, anything above. Okay. So really what That's you're right. saying is when you click on the home page, there ought to be some things readily available for anybody. Um, the address, the service times that they can get there, right? Yes, those two, especially, and then usually some kind of link to like, I'm new here or, you okay. know, what yeah. to expect or something like that. Cause those sure. are going to be whether 
they're believers or unbelievers. Uh, those three things are really important. The service time, your location, and uh, you know what to expect when they show up. All right. Now what about, all right, so let's shift into unbelievers. Okay. The easy way for them to find you. Okay. What else? Uh, so go down this path with us, Chris. I think one thing uh, kind of in the preparation area that we talked about earlier that is really important, and this would go to both groups as well, is to take some real time to actually plan out the kinds of people you're actually trying to attract or, okay. you know, talk to. And some of that is obviously de- dependent on your scenario, on your, your location. If you're in an older community, then you need to think, okay, how can we make this appeal, you know, to an older person who has these specific needs, you know, their, their children might be, uh, running away from them or they're having, you know, health struggles and they're starting to ask questions, you know, so that just taking time to identify specific people and actually kind of almost uh, make up, you could say, I think typically the term is something like personas, but you're saying, Hey, let's target an older person because that's kind of our, our area. And maybe young moms with kids who maybe the dad isn't in the picture and maybe this other group and then write things that would appeal to that group or think through things that they would be struggling with. And you try to make your website, be an immediate answer to some of their initial felt needs. And then you're obviously trying to draw them in with Christ's initial answers and then really feed them the gospel, the bread of life, which is, which is what they ultimately need. Uh, but taking time to actually identify very specific age groups and categories of people that are in your community can be really helpful to get way more specific. If you target no one, you'll likely land your right. message will land likely with no one. Wow. So taking just a little bit of time to actually sketch out those. And I, I even write out a paragraph, like let's, let's call this person, Sarah, here's what her life is like. Here's what she's searching for. Okay. So I want to have Sarah in mind when I'm writing out my website text so that when she would come, she'd say, you know what, that, that really is what I need. I'm lost. I'm hurting. I'm, you know, whatever those words sure. might be. Sure. And maybe I'd have two or three others like that. So taking some time to get very specific is helpful, uh, especially when you're making minute decisions on wording. Uh, so taking some time for that can be very, very directing as you go. But you also have to know your community. If you don't know your community, you then you really don't know who you're trying to reach. And I think, you know, uh, one one of the guys I read a lot says it well, that, you know, a, a church can't do everything, but there are certain ministries God allows you to excel in. And it may be parenting. Mm-hmm. It may be coming along beside mm-hmm. single parents, or it may be, you know, helping the aging. Okay. But, you know, and I think as we know what we do well and we're equipped to do it, then you really can, uh, can, can target those people because those are the active ministries that God seems to be using. So I think we need to look That's right it. outside, but also we don't want to target young parents if we don't have a nursery in our church. Right. I mean, if we don't, it, right. is that fair to say, to think of it like that? Well, and I think, I think it is fair to say, but a lot of that too is an opportunity pastorally to train your people to think this way. Um, you know, and right. it's the same way that you want people to show up at your church and say, yeah. this looks like the site. There's a sense in which you want people to show up to your church and say, this looks like the community around it. It's reflective yeah. of the, the types of people here. And so to say to our church, say, Hey, we don't have a lot of young people here, but this is our community. And so what can we do to start praying that God would bring yeah. us these kinds of people? And what can we do to make yeah. it easier for them to come? So maybe you establish a nursery with only one or two kids because of your community. Sure. So there's some things like that, that you can get your people thinking that way that actually would help bring in your community more where saying, Hey, we only have one or two. We're not going to bring it, start anything until we've got all those people here. 
might actually be going against where God has placed you. So sure. it, it does come down to knowing your community and then training your people. And then a lot of it too is, you know, if you have people who have joined, sometimes those are good starting points for those personas. Sure. So there's people sure. you're targeting to say, hey, let's think to the people God's given us over the last two or three years. And let's maybe even go talk to them. What was it that God used to draw you to our church and what were the particular needs you had? And so that can be a really easy way to start. If you're not sure where to start, to start with the people God's given you. And then as you learn more about your right. community and as your people are more engaged in the, in the whole idea, then you can, you know, expand from that and maybe get more specific as you need to. Yeah. And as you were saying that, so, so really the, the website and what you just described is really uh, a communication of the vision of the, ch- of the church to reach the community. So, I mean, the, the website right. is a platform to communicate the, the church's vision to reach people to Christ and then bring them to Christ likeness within their community. And I think it wouldn't, I mean, right. It's just a platform for that, for the community to know who you are and your vision, right? That's right. My, it's a, it's an extension yeah. of, of your church. It should be, you know, it shouldn't just be a, a tack on. And, and again, that's one of those ways where people sense the mission of your church. They sense your, your heart in your site, which it can't communicate that. And yeah. then they show up and they, they experience that same thing that that can be, can create a strong bond with them to where they, you, you look like the real thing and hopefully we are. Um, but it starts with, uh, communicating that as a church to each other and then right. letting that be your site, be an extension of that ministry. All right. So back to the, those that God is drawing the unbelievers and he, as he brings them to your website, two questions. Number one, how is an effective way to give a clear gospel message? Because, I mean, you live in Utah, and this is so important. And, you know, so do you do it on a video? Do you do it through resources? Do you do it by offering one-on-one meetings with somebody searching? What have you found is an effective way to, as God is drawing, and God leads them to your website and to your church, how have you found an effective way to communicate that you offer hope? Well, uh, you know, we mentioned a second ago about kind of understanding the the felt needs of those around you. And because humanity hasn't changed very much in thousands of years, there's a lot of those are common no matter where you're at. Okay. So I think a lot of times tapping into those and then drawing uh, their attention to Christ can be really effective. I do think if you have a video that's, that's short, that's brief, there are some that even have been produced by others that you can just use on your site that can be helpful uh, in our particular area because LDS people use so many terms that we also use. Right. Just stating the gospel, even in a short video, can actually be confusing for them. Mm. Uh, not that uh, they can't understand it, but because they use the terms differently, it takes a lot of explanation to get to a point where they can then understand what the message is. So sure. usually what we've tried to do is just to appeal to their individual needs, to kind of draw them in, to point to the focus of Christ. And then uh, our live stream, again, for us, does a lot of heavy lifting. We've had Multiple LDS people tell us uh, after they've started attending and then really come to Christ that they watched our services for a year or they, you know, they stalked us online, as it were, for, for months before they ever thought about even coming. Um, but offering some way for them to connect to you as well. Another thing that's I've seen that's effective is whether it's through your website or social media to, to regularly post and ask people, what would you like us to pray for? You can contact our pastor here and we'll pray for it privately. And uh, he would love to pray for you that way. Finding ways to communicate Christ's heart and using your website and or social media to do that can be really effective. And giving them a personal connection that can be anonymous to start with uh, is, sure. is often really helpful for people who are searching but don't know where to start. 
All right, so as we – and you just hit on something that, that maybe we can expand on for the, in the last kind of segment here. All right, so as you use the word social media, and I think you're looking at there's got to be a consistent message to the community, and it starts through your website, and then you've, you've mentioned the live stream, how that is so important to weave that into part of what you do, right? So the live stream is going to be crucial. What other – social- It is for us. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true everywhere, you know. All right, so mm-hmm. what other um, social media kind of works hand-in-hand hand, uh, would you recommend a, a church to do? Uh, again, the average church of 100, they don't have a dedicated person like a Chris Pennington. They don't have, but they but somebody's got a working knowledge. Uh, so what, what other social media have you found works as you try to reach your community, your target target market, target audience, what other social media has worked effective? And, and the second question is, are there any that you would advise to staying away from? I guess let me kind of split that into to two categories. Sure. Let's talk about social media. And then I think another aspect that isn't strictly social media, but it is a way people find you, is how search engines view your sites. So Great. maybe we can Thank kind you. of split those yeah, two if that's yeah. okay. So that's wonderful, yeah. Uh, with uh, with social media, you know, I think so much of social media is um, entertainment, and so it can be a hard way to you know to to speak the gospel because a hard place to do that because most people go there for entertainment. Right. Uh, it used to be that I think we we did a lot more personal connecting, but with the fifteen or twenty or thirty social medias now out there, it's mostly about you know just getting some entertainment, connecting with people, seeing what what's going on in their lives. But most people aren't going there for hard answers. That being said, I think there are some ways that you could use uh, a few. Uh, I think I would recommend that churches are on YouTube, even just posting videos afterwards, even if you don't stream through YouTube, um, uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It seems like those are kind of the most ubiquitous and generally can be used for communicating more serious things. Okay, uh, I would stay away from you know from things like Snapchat and all those. Yeah, uh, kind of yeah. younger audiences just because people there really are looking for short form uh, entertainment. And to me, that doesn't really fit the message very well. Sure. Um, and while Facebook and Twitter and Instagram can be that way, I think a lot of times they're also used for more sober things. And so it seems to fit those platforms better. Got it. So I, I think that's where I'd start. And those are some other ones I'd stay sure. away from. Sure. All right. Now, great. All right. So now let's get into something we people like me not, may not understand search engines. Okay. Uh, give us a working <laughs> definition of how all that works and your advice. Okay. So Chris, I'm just going to let you, and I may pop in and say, well, stop, explain that. Okay. But this is really, is this kind of where the rubber meets the road uh, with the website? It really, it really is because okay. it doesn't matter how great your site is if uh, people aren't able to search for it, yeah. or if it doesn't pop up in searches. You know, unless they see it written down on a pamphlet or something, they won't go there in the first place. So, um, this can be kind of like a black box where it, nobody's quite sure how it works. But the important thing really is to just take a few basic steps, and then you can learn as you get going. But uh, Google really is the search engine. Uh, there are other ones, but really, it would. It would usually not be worth your time to explore all of those. So I would recommend taking a little bit of time, just making sure that your site is written well for, for Google. So I'll give you a couple of tools that will help with that. Good. Um, But before I do that, let me just briefly describe how a site works. You've got everything visible that you can see. 
And that's what's produced by the web browser when it reads all the code. And then you've got a lot of invisible stuff. And most people don't realize that, but there's actually a lot of invisible tags that are written specifically for search engines. So they'll tell a search engine, here's what this page is about. Here's um, the major sections of this page. Here's an image that goes along with this page. If you've ever been on social media and you see that image card pop up, that's where that's coming from. Even though that's not on the site anywhere, when you open the the webpage, it's actually in that hidden side of the code. So there are tools that help you to do that really well. But there's also ways you can optimize the actual text that people see that will that will help them help Google and people understand what's on your site. So maybe let's start with the visible and then move to the invisible since okay. that seems like maybe an easier place to start. <laughs> All right, visible, what are the visible? Um, <laughs> so with the visible, uh, what I would just recommend is that as much as possible, you keep text to a minimum on your pages okay. and that you make it scannable. Um, so as little text as possible, I mean, use what you need, but no more than that. And then make it scannable. That would mean things like having major headings and sections so that people can understand, okay, this is this section, then there's this section. People don't like looking at huge, huge blocks of text. Got it. Um, And uh, think about it more like, you know, if you open a book and you see a table of contents up front, you see major chapters, and maybe they have subsections inside of that. That's actually how Google looks at your your page. It looks Mm. at all of your headings. Okay. And uh, usually you have one to get a little bit in the weeds here. If you were to look at your HTML, which most people don't, but a lot of times you'll have a, an editor that lets you choose heading one or heading two. Right. You should have one heading one per page, and that's what the whole page is about. Okay. Then you can have multiple heading twos, and those are sections of the page. Got it. And then heading threes would be subcategories underneath that. And even just doing that, believe it or not, is a huge help to Google because then they can they read it like a table of contents. And they say, okay, these are the sections. Here's the subsections. These all go together. And then when people search, they know how to present that information to them. So just a little bit of time like that on the visual elements right. will be a huge help. So that's the Good. visible side. Okay. Uh, now to go ahead and move to the invisible. Yep. I'm happy to answer some questions. Yeah. No, I think, I think, I think we got that. Okay. And people, okay. I mean, if you like me, you got, I'm going to go back and listen to this a couple of times. Okay. But I think, <laughs> no, right. you're doing a great job of explaining it. I'm just trying to digest it. Okay. Well, and, it's hard without a visual, too. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> now, sorry. So let's go as people, if, if they're still with us here, the, the goal here yeah, is right. to make Google read what you have. Okay. So when someone does use Google or search or mainly Google to search you out, such as a Bible believing church or whatever. Right, okay, right. that you're you're like one thing I always ask when I look at a church does your does your church come is it on the first page of Google when you search for a church in your area? And I think what you're right. saying is this is what Google's looking for to bring your church up is is that is that kind of where we are? That's right. Okay, and that's how they'll read it, and especially the visible side is really important too for people okay. who actually land on your page. All right, if good. they can't scan it quickly, then yeah most people will just jump right off. They'll go look at something that's cleaner to read. So taking some time to optimize for actual people too actually helps both Google and those people on the visible side. All right. So what about the invisible side? The the scary invisible side. (laughs) I'll just give you a few tools that that will help you with this. The first thing I'd recommend is that you um, access Google Search Console. And what you can do is just search for that in Google, Google Search Console. And what you do is just connect it to your site and then it lets you see how people find your site through Google. Oh. So you'll see the exact phrases they've searched for, which ones are helpful, 
which ones are not, which pages are never getting seen. And that allows you to adjust. And it's pretty easy to set up. They'll actually walk you right through it. But if you just search for Google Console, you'll get actually a report each month to know what people have searched, how many people clicked, Mm. um, that kind of stuff. So that's a helpful starting point. Good. Um, Another one that actually will tell you exact specific things to look at, including some of the visible things, is a site called Ahrefs, which is A-H-R-E-F-S. Okay. So it looks like ah refs, but okay. it's each refs is how they say it. A A H R E F S. Yeah. Um, and they have a tool called site audit and that's free. Huh. And again, you would actually, if you've already set up everything up through Google search console, you can actually just log into your Google account and pull that directly into Ahrefs wow. and then get a monthly report where it actually scans your entire site and tells you, Hey, this is not optimized for Google. This is optimized for Google. Um, it'll actually give you a readout of how people find you as well how searchable your site is. So that's another uh, really helpful tool. So those are two, I think if you were to only yeah. start with those two and then just listen to the feedback you're getting, right. that would improve most sites dramatically, those wow. two alone. And, and these are things that you, you you really will find out if you are, I don't want to say, but wait, we have limited time really for ministry. Therefore, we need to make the that's most right. of it. We're stewards. And want to be the best stewards of everything that God puts in our place, whether it be sermons, mm-hmm. teaching, whatever. And I think what you're saying is this helps you helps helps churches be a good steward of their website. Is that a fair way to put it? Or that's right. Okay, that okay. is because the tools do a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. You don't have to really know everything if right. you just put those two tools and set them to work for you. And every month that they send along. 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 things you got to fix, just pick two or three, yeah. fix them that month. Good. And then the next month they'll send more along or you can go take off that list as you have time or find someone in your church who enjoys doing that kind of stuff. Um, so, but letting the tools do the work for you means hopefully you can focus more on ministry and less on trying to understand how it works and just responding <laughs> yeah. when you get data back. <laughs> they, they know what they're doing. So let's, let's us understand how it all works. And that's what I appreciate that's your right. time today. And let me just kind of give a, a statement, a summary here. So I was with a church, and we, the website came up because we try to help churches say so you got to pay attention to it. So anyway, long, long, the short of the long story is when they refreshed their website and redid it, they had a marked difference in first-time guests. And they started mm-hmm. tracking. They'd always track the first-time guests each week. But this pastor said the minute – we did a fresh update of our website. Here are the differences. So this is real. Mm-hmm. And I think the way I look at it, it so is. every new guest is somebody that either needs the Lord or needs to be discipled. You know, so that these right. this these are this isn't just technology. This is reaching people with the gospel or either helping them come to be like Christ. So to me, you have to put those glasses on as you think through this, or you just get lost in the weeds. And that's not why I had you on here. I had you on here so people can understand how to make the website effective and efficient, right, in order to get your message to the community. All right. Is that fair? That's That's the reason I had you. That's fair. That's why it needs to be bathed bathed in prayer and why I started that way, because it can feel like a lot of minutiae. Yeah, and really, I'm, we need to remember that yeah. this is God's tool, and we yeah, want to that. use it in, in a way that helps. Yeah, and I, find I, him. I'm the first to say, I'm the first to confess, I have not prayed over my website. So that is, I mean, <laughs> I learned. I mean, it's, it's worth the interview just for me to get that mm-hmm. this morning. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris Pennington, yes, any closing comments here? 
Well, I would just say, you know, if I can be a help to anyone, I'm happy to do that. I think, uh, like, uh, like I said, taking a little bit of time to plan and yeah. making sure you bathe it in prayer. Those two things alone would help a lot of us. And, uh, you might find that this also gives you an opportunity to engage people in your church who yeah. enjoy this kind of thing. If okay. you, if you hear this and think this sounds painfully boring and I don't want to do this, I promise you, you've got some people who would be actually find it interesting and you might be able to use this as a I ministry agree. opportunity, even within your church. And so I'd encourage you to reach out for help either to me or to somebody in your church. If you say this, this is overwhelming and uh, I'm happy to pass on my, my email address to be a resource to people. Yeah. And we'll put that in the show notes. And, and I, I like to put it like this. You know, a lot of people say, you know, in, in the world I live in, there are a lot of naysayers. Uh, the world's changed. Uh, nobody's, nobody's being saved. Uh, you know, people are being saved. The question is, how is your church interacting with the community? Because Christ is still mm-hmm. saving people. So I just like to challenge yes. people because, I mean, this, this is 24-7. Your website never shuts down. And there's not a more effective tool today that God can use to bring them in or even hear, you know, the power of the gospel through a live stream and then get them into a church to be discipled and, and, and baptized and become, you know, a, a mature believer. So this is wonderful. Chris, uh, thank you for your time. And I'll challenge anybody. Yes, sir. If you get to anywhere near Eden, Utah, anywhere near, uh, if you're in Salt Lake City, find, find, go. If you're there on the Lord's Day, you find Fellowship Bible Church, and it'll be a great encouragement. And, and Chris will be there. Pastor Baker will be there. And you'll experience some wonderful fellowship in a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. So, Chris, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.